Hello, and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. We have a very special episode of GradCast here today. My name is Roger Hudson. And I'm Tanya. And like Roger said, yes, our episode is very special. Today at Western, we have the Canadian Obesity Student Meeting happening up at Brusher College. The Canadian Obesity Student Meeting is a biannual event that takes place hosted by the Canadian Obesity Network. The Canadian Obesity Network is a national group of researchers, community workers, and physicians that come together to highlight the importance of obesity prevention, management, and treatment. So the, what are the two parts of CON? The set you said the... Yeah, so they have like the actual research like side of CON and then they have the advocacy side of CON. And that's like women in science kind of thing. Are well, we the, the, oh, sorry, that oh, at, at this conference. Oh, we're focusing on women in science and like the physician's perspective on obesity. Yes. And as a part of the program, uh, we have Dr. Margie Davenport joining us from the University of Alberta. Dr. Davenport is a part of the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at U of A. She's the director for the program for pregnancy and postpartum health. She also holds a Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada National New Investigator in Women's Cardiovascular Health Award, and she is a Western alumni. Margie completed her PhD here at Western in the Exercise and Pregnancy Lab, and beyond that, she is also a SOGS alumni. She was VP Academic during her time here. So we've got lots of questions to ask her (laughs) for everything that's happened since her PhD and beyond. So welcome, Margie. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back at the University of Western Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> Still the best school for you? Absolutely. I love Western. Okay. <laughs> and so, actually, fun fact, when Margie was here doing her um, her time as the VP academic for SOGS, GradCast was not yet running, but GradCast does fall under the VP academic portfolio, so you still got to be a part of it. <laughs> All right. So we'll get started kind of right from the PhD point. And so after your PhD, you went to the University of Calgary to do your postdoc. And while you were here, you were doing exercise and pregnancy research. So can you tell us a little bit about what your research focused during your PhD to your postdoc and then where you're at now in terms of the main research interests in that field? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So during my time here at Western, um, my PhD was really focused on the effects of exercise during pregnancy and the postpartum period on um, maternal and fetal health. So we're really interested in cardiometabolic health, so how the mom's uh, metabolism actually changes with pregnancy and how it it alters in the postpartum period, the role that exercise plays, and how um, exercise might impact uh, the health of the baby as well. Um, After my time here at Western, uh, I moved on to do a postdoc and I kind of did a 180 at that point. I was really interested in cardiovascular health and so I had the opportunity to uh, go and work at the University of Calgary with Dr. Mark Poulin. Um, But I wasn't working in pregnancy anymore. I kind of jumped a few decades and uh, moved into postmenopausal women, which was uh, really fascinating, uh, looking at brain health and how exercise might alter um, uh, cognitive function and brain health. And then now in the pregnancy and and postpartum health lab, what has the focus predominantly been given both of your experiences in your PhD and postdoc? Mm -hmm. So now that I've uh, moved on to be a faculty member at the University of Alberta, uh, when I moved there, I started up the program for pregnancy and postpartum health. We're really focused on uh, looking at how um, pregnancy impacts uh, maternal health, but also baby's health, uh, chronic diseases uh, during pregnancy, but also over the lifelong health of the mom and baby, Mm -hmm. and what potential role that exercise or other interventions um, might actually 
play in improving their overall health during pregnancy, but also in the postpartum period as well. So a lot of the work that I'm doing now is really focused on the cardiovascular system, so how the blood vessels work and change with pregnancy, how the heart grows and changes with pregnancy, and the potential impact that exercise might have on um, blood vessel and heart health in the mom. And we're also starting to do some work uh, in the baby as well. That's very interesting. So, so work with the baby while it's still in the womb, or this is all postpartum once the baby has been born and you're looking at the development afterwards? Yeah, so we're actually uh, starting to do both. Uh, we're looking at the baby in utero. So um, oh. we, we work with uh, a, a technology called ultrasound. So the ultrasound lets us image and uh, see how the blood vessels are actually functioning uh, in the baby's uh, brain, but also in the blood mm. vessels that are actually feeding the baby and look at the impact that exercise might have. Is blood flow delivery changing? Um, are the amount of oxygen and nutrients changing that are going to the baby as mom exercises? Mm. Um, and then also in the postpartum period, we're starting to take a look at um, baby's cardiovascular health as well. Just very basic measurements. Uh, we love our babies, so we take really good care of them. Uh, we do things like looking at their heart rate and um, how variable their heart rate is. So very, very simple, basic measures, but it means that I get to play with my two-month-olds <laughs> <laughs> when they come back later. That's the best part of being in pregnancy right now. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So are you seeing, I guess, uh, without getting too in-depth, I guess, mm -hmm. with preliminary types of research like this, um, th the increased blood flow being one of the primary uh, benefits for the fetal development or the mm -hmm. baby health after, after birth? Yeah, so one of the really fascinating things about pregnancy is this, this really incredible, dynamic, um, physiological state. So from a basic physiology perspective, the, the, the physiological changes that are actually happening are incredible. So a mom's um, blood volume increases by 50%. Wow. Um, her, the amount of um, uh, blood that the heart is pumping is increased by 30%. Heart rate is up by 15 beats per minute. It's incredible. And this is all over the course of just nine months of pregnancy. If this happened to anybody who is not pregnant, mm. they would be hypertensive and very, very sick. But pregnant women come through you know, pregnancy quite well, easily adapt. Um, but in some cases, they are, their cardiovascular system and their metabolic system don't adapt as well. And in mm. those cases, uh, they do develop um, gestational diabetes, which is uh, diabetes that occur or is developing during pregnancy. Mm. Um, they can develop preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure plus protein in the urine. It's a very um, high risk condition, cardiovascular condition, wow. um, which is predictive of long term development of cardiovascular diseases um, as well as diabetes later in life. So I know that a lot of the work that um, is being done here, as well as in my lab, is looking at whether or not exercise can prevent these conditions uh, from actually occurring. And if we can prevent these conditions from developing, so reduce the incidence of um, excessive gestational weight gain, uh, gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, mm. we might actually be able to improve the lifelong health of both the mother, um, but also the baby. Wow, very, very interesting. Can you actually elaborate more on that? How does that impact the baby? Is it just immediately or um, how do we see the changes in baby if mom was active during pregnancy? Or mm -hmm. what kind of changes do we see? So in women who are inactive during pregnancy, uh, they're more likely to gain um, what's called excessive amount of weight uh, gain during pregnancy. So all pregnant women are recommended to gain a specific amount or a specific range of weight uh, during their pregnancy. And that is based on what their pre-pregnancy BMI is. Uh, there's a lot of evidence supporting that this amount of weight gain is quite healthy and beneficial, not only for mom, but also for especially for the baby. Mm. Gaining um, too much weight or above the recommendations um, is actually potentially um, 
not that great for the baby. Baby's more likely to grow larger um, and be born uh, bigger and heavier. Um, babies that are born over 4,000 grams uh, are linked to developing obesity in childhood and it actually this link is persisting into adulthood as well. So there are immediate adaptations um, right at birth that are fairly obvious, um, but there's a persisting link um, that's associated with excessive gestational weight gain during pregnancy. Hmm. And, and you mentioned that the uh, blood pressure and just the overall blood volume increases during pregnancy w with the mother. Um, would the weight gain have any correlation with that or, or that increase in, in, I guess, overall body volume? Would that mm -hmm. have to do with that increase in uh, BM or the blood pressure? Yeah, that that's a great question. Mm -hmm. So having an increase in blood volume is actually a really healthy, normal adaptation. You do want this to actually occur so that the baby is able to get sufficient blood, nutrients, and oxygen to the baby. However, if the mother's um, cardiovascular system doesn't adapt appropriately, which is what we see happening in the majority of pregnancies, mm. um, in about 10% of pregnancies, they don't adopt quite well enough. Uh, and what happens is that maternal blood pressure actually rises. Uh, typically, what would happen is that the, the blood vessels would adapt to pregnancy or adapt to this increase in blood volume. They would relax to accommodate this increase. And so blood pressure actually dips during pregnancy, typically. In terms of um, weight gain and its relationship to blood pressure, there is some evidence that women who are um, heavier before they become pregnant or gain um, above the recommendations in terms of the amount of weight that they're supposed to gain during pregnancy, uh, that it does increase the risk of developing these high blood pressure or, or diabetes um, during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then, so speaking of now bringing us towards the CON conference, uh, the Canadian Obesity Network conference that's occurring, um, what, are, what are some of the evidence that exists with when you come into pregnancy with obesity and what role can exercise potentially play? Mm -hmm. So women who uh, have a higher BMI before they are pregnant, um, they are linked to having a higher risk for um, uh, diabetes, preeclampsia, gestational hypertension. So these are all pregnancy-related conditions um, that increase the risk for um, you know, adverse pregnancy outcomes. There are, these women are more likely to have a C-section, deliver early, um, which and also have a lifelong risk of having cardiovascular disease. Now, Having a higher BMI before you're pregnant is by no means a death sentence. Mm -hmm. These are increased risks, and so it's really important to really consider that as we, we talk about this. Um, but we do know that exercise um, is actually quite beneficial um, for helping to reduce the amount of excessive weight gain that a mom is actually having. Um, it's a bit linked to about a 40% decreased risk in the development of diabetes, preeclampsia, and gestational hypertension. So it's one of the most effective uh, interventions that we actually have uh, for preventing these conditions uh, during pregnancy. We can't use a lot of medications. Uh, very few medications are um, available during pregnancy. We don't do surgeries, and so exercise is very simple um, and uh, easy way to reduce these risks. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess in, in terms of uh, exercise, what type of exercise? Because, you know, we, there's extreme versus, you know, just walking mm -hmm. you know, around the block types of exercise. And I'm, I'm sure this might vary throughout the pregnancy, depending on how, you know, pregnant you end up or that you are at the, at the time. <laughs> yeah. So 
when most people think about exercise, you think, oh, I've got to go running. I have to be totally out of breath and I have to be sweating profusely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things uh, we're in the process of updating the Canadian guidelines for exercise and pregnancy. And one of the things where perceptions we're trying to change is that exercise doesn't have to be this incredibly intense and painful occurrence. Uh, there's actually very strong evidence, which has, uh, you know, a lot of this actually came right from here from the Exercise and Pregnancy Lab that demonstrates that low intensity exercise can be actually extremely beneficial. Just going out for a walk, um, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, uh, four or five days a week is incredibly beneficial. You get the reductions in um, blood pressure, uh, glucose, circulating glucose, the reduction in diabetes, uh, reduced uh, excessive weight gain. You have a uh, healthier baby uh, being delivered, but you're also less likely to actually have a cesarean section as well, which for Mm. most pregnant women is great. (laughs) (laughs) Marie, can you maybe talk a little bit about I guess jumping off of what Roger just asked, we have this idea of what exercise looks like, but also there's this kind of uh, social norm that when you're pregnant, you shouldn't exercise or you need to be more careful. And can you maybe speak to that and how are some ways that we could address this societal norm that exists? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so before 1985, um, all pregnant women were just told to rest, relax, take it easy, you're pregnant. Take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1985, the first guidelines for exercise and pregnancy were actually developed. Uh, at that time, uh, there was a recommendation you should be active, but there wasn't a lot of evidence about what you should specifically do or why it might possibly be beneficial. And so since 1985, there's been an incredible body of research which has suggested um, that exercising during pregnancy is really good, but it still hasn't actually made it to the mainstream um, that exercise is safe, exercise is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the recommendations, um, you know, the, the recommendations that we have are fairly similar across pregnancy. Uh, certainly if women are not feeling well, which can often happen in the second or the, excuse me, the first trimester or late in pregnancy, you get quite fatigued, um, that you can certainly take it back a little bit in terms of intensity or duration or even doing any exercise at all. Um, and when you feel better, go back to doing uh, some sort of activity. And then on that note, how much exercise is recommended during pregnancy? Or I guess the current guidelines that we have for mm-hmm. those. Uh, so we're, we're in the process of updating the guidelines. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the numbers that I'm quoting you are not going to be in play for a whole lot longer. Uh, but currently the recommendations are three to four times per week, uh, typically starting at 15 minutes uh, of exercise and then building up to about 30 minutes of exercise. Mm-hmm. And then just going off of guidelines, we have the Canadian Physical Activity Guidelines for adults, and we always kind of hear that most Canadian adults are not meeting these guidelines. Mm -hmm. Um, So during pregnancy, and I guess also not during pregnancy, would just doing anything still be great? Because we're not (laughs) reaching these big Mm -hmm. numbers, apparently, according to statistics. Yeah, and it's no different for pregnant women. Only 15% of pregnant women will meet the minimum 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week. But realistically, if you cannot meet those 150 minutes, doing something is much better than doing nothing. Yeah. So there are clear benefits to exercise, and you've spoken to many of them already uh, during this interview. So what about now after pregnancy in the postpartum period? Can women still continue to exercise? And um, in the postpartum you know, they're still experiencing so much. So there's breastfeeding, a new baby in their life. Uh, So what about exercise then? Mm -hmm. 
And so actually fewer women actually do exercise in the postpartum period. Uh, you know, pregnancy is this incredible experience. Um, your life is changing, your physiology is changing, you're growing this little tiny human being. <laughs> um, and when you actually have delivery and you, you have a, a new baby, uh, your life is completely different. Everything changes. Uh, you stop sleeping, probably. <laughs> <laughs> your life belongs to your baby uh, for quite a long time. Um, but even still, uh, we do know that exercise is quite beneficial for um, women who are in the postpartum period, whether you're breastfeeding or not, breastfeeding exercise is very beneficial. So one of the biggest concerns that we have for postpartum women is that a large proportion of women who are postpartum uh, do experience um, some form of depressive symptoms or actually uh, clinical depression. Uh, in fact, 13%, and we know that this is up an underrepresentation, 13% of uh, women in the postpartum period will experience clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the work that we've done at the University of Alberta has demonstrated that women who um, exercise, and we're, we're again talking about even just going out for a walk, take mm-hmm. baby out for a walk, you know, every day get outside, um, do some sort of activity, it can actually improve depressive symptoms, help you bond a little bit better with the baby, feel a little bit better. Um, and so exercising in the postpartum period is extremely beneficial. Certainly there are um, considerations. Uh, one being if a woman has had a cesarean section, waiting until it's, you know, it's major abdominal surgery, so waiting until there's uh, clinical clearance to be able to exercise again. This typically happens around six weeks postpartum. Um, gentle walking is still okay, but if you're going to do something more intense, likely avoid it until you've uh, talked to your clinician. Uh, women who have had a uh, vaginal delivery, as soon as bleeding is stopped, you can gradually resume exercise again mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you feel comfortable. The important thing, especially for women who are postpartum, is that you listen to your body as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't overdo it. You have a baby. You can't just escape and go to sleep for an extra mm-hmm. <laughs> and several hours unless you have fabulous sport at home. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spe- speaking of that support, and, and this might be a, a little bit off topic, but we've spoken a lot about the exercise in, in terms of women and things like that. Is, is there any way that the men or, you know, the partner in the life might be able to support the, the pregnant mother during mm-hmm. that you know, pregnancy or the exercise portion of that? Absolutely. So if we can get the partner involved, male, female, friends, family, it doesn't really matter. Whoever the women's support system is, if we can get them involved in the exercise, we know that it's extremely beneficial, um, not only for, from a mental health perspective, but mm-hmm. from an adherence perspective. So continuing to exercise, if you have a regular appointment with your friend, we're going to go for a walk on, you know, or we're going to go walk our dog on a daily basis or whatever else, it's a great chance to um, really make sure that the woman is being well supportive a lot of times that's when the conversations happen where you can hear a little bit more about what um, is happening and uh, you can talk through it so especially from a mental health perspective having that support is really really critical Wow. Great to know. Yeah. So, Margie, we're sort of coming towards the end of our show. So um, we also really want to talk to our guests about strategies and tips that they use uh, when they're in grad school. So you're a Western alum, having mm-hmm. been a part of SOGS as well. So And um, at the con meeting, you'll be sharing about your career and kind of the maybe not completely straight path, but your path to getting to where you are. Can you maybe go back to the SOGS days and tell us a little bit about how you balanced um, your graduate work and then some of your extracurricular work that you also did? Sure. 
you know, my, my grad school days were great fun. It was a wonderful period of time. Um, grad school is always going to be stressful. Grad school is always a lot of uncertainty and a lot of um, trying to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And so for me, um, I had a, a good balance with my grad student peers. We would go to the grad club every Friday. Uh, they <laughs> still knew me, uh, which was <laughs> lovely, actually, um, uh, when we were there last night. Um, but being part of SOGS was actually really quite interesting. I was uh, interested in um, making a contribution beyond what I was doing in grad school and getting involved with the Society of Graduate Students at that time was uh, was fun and important. Um, I was VP academic, so I had some great experiences um, learning how to run conferences, um, working with um, people who were way outside of my discipline, working with different personalities, uh, learning how to run a budget and uh, get things done on task and Oh, one of the best things I ever learned was to learn how to delegate. <laughs> and that stays with me today. So, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. So um, can you, if anybody wants to learn more about your research um, or just learn more about you, what would be the best place to direct them mm-hmm. to? So the best place to uh, find us is if you go to my website, www.exerciseandpregnancy.ca, or feel free to email me anytime. Thank you so much for being on our show with us today. And um, it's always great to have a Western alum onto our show here. And I'm going to hand it over to Roger to send it, sign us off. Well, yeah, uh, thank you very much. Just uh, like to echo what Tanya said. Thank you, Dr. Davenport. Uh, I guess the main message here would be that exercise during pregnancy and after pregnancy, you can't go wrong. Just keep it in moderation. And mm-hmm. yeah, thank you again. Uh, my, uh, I've been... Uh, one of your co-hosts, Roger, and we were joined here by Tanya and, again, Dr. Davenport from the University of Alberta. Uh, you can catch us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on CHRW at 94.9 FM. Check out our full episodes at gradcast.ca, and if you'd like to get involved with the show at all, you can email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. This, once again, has been a production of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. Thank you, and have a wonderful week. The Gradcast theme tune has been composed for us by Matthew Becker.